Welcome to Much More Much Year with Pup Duffy and Kara Lane, an Aunt Imagination production. Guys, I am here with writer and director Sean. I always miss it up. Is it Burkett or Burkett? I really don't know. I've asked my <laughs> grandmother and she's like, it's been like watered down over the years that, so I just, I'm fine with either. We're here with Sean and uh, <laughs> we're going to be talking about your film Stranded that comes out video on demand November 7th. Basic, basic synopsis, Bigfoot or Sasquatch, it's a creature. This group of siblings are kind of stranded. And again, I'm going to mispronounce it. I want to say fuck Arkansas, but it's probably Fook. And now at the beginning of the film, there's, um, you know, this little intro kind of slate talking about this creature in the town in Arkansas, going all the way back to 1971, 10 foot tall, 800 pounds, multiple sightings, signs of destruction and just dismemberment, but no real tangible proof. Is that true? Is this are, is this film based on true events? Yes. I just never really thought about it that way. Um, there was a film that came out in the 70s called uh, The Legend of Boggy Creek. I'll never forget that film. The first time that you hear uh, this like monster, it's sound. It's like a cry, like the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. And I probably saw that younger than I should have to where it... It left a lasting impression, but it was shot like a documentary, but it was like a movie at the same time. It was it was it, it was different for its time, for sure. Well, I think uh, being 80 ba- 80s babies, you and I probably saw a lot of films that we shouldn't have. Before. Yeah. <laughs> and they do they do leave lasting impressions on. I mean, to the point where, like you're saying, it was filmed documentary slash film style but just enough confusion to make you wonder you know 20 years on 30 years on wait was that real is that a true memory (laughs) right did it happen to me yeah that kind of thing like the i don't know if you remember the film alligator oh yeah for the longest time as a kid you know going into probably like almost teenhood it was kind of like that was our pool (laughs) <laughs> like, and that's just a, that's a real uh, tip of the hat to a filmmaker if you can, you know, screw up kids that badly. So yeah. <laughs> what I really liked about uh, Stranded is, yeah, it's, it's a creature film. It, there's people are going missing left and right, but kind of to me as the viewer, like underneath it all, it was more the story of the people or the like society, how they act under pressure or, you know, under in a state of fear, kind of like, yeah. How messed up humans can get creatures secondary to to them, and I thought that was really cool because we get inundated with like slash gore, blood, uh, 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 right. where we're kind of like we get desensitized, I guess, a little bit. But when when it's people, when it's characters that look like us, it's kind of like, oh crap, wait a minute, kind of scared now because that looks like my neighbor. <laughs> so yeah, well done, well done. Thank you. You co-wrote this and you directed it. Aside from childhood trauma, uh, where did the idea come from? Just like a love of the idea of a Bigfoot or a Sasquatch? Or? Um, I've, I've always been into creature features, especially as a kid. And it got to a point where, I mean, so many, there, there are so many less creature features 
in the in the horror genre and especially bigfoot there's like not even 300 bigfoot movies like in existence so it's like at that point i was just like i really want to do another creature feature but at the same point in time i don't want to do something that's straight horror because i don't know you you have a point like when it comes to people being desensitized like i know anytime somebody goes into watching a horror movie they're like this better be gory this better have this that or the other and it's like those expectations kind of make it hard to be a filmmaker it's like because there's a balance of doing what i feel is right and then well having an audience like a appreciate it but also like get into it and it just it just feels like with horror that's getting just harder and harder to do to where it's almost becoming like 10 times more expletive than it was like in the 70s so yeah i just i really wanted to do something different but I also wanted to try to do something that was actually scary. Like there, there's points in, in Stranded to where I can just be like, okay, I think that might that might freak some people out. Catch them off guard without being like a complete jump scare, just like throwing some crazy creature in somebody's face. So that's kind of the route I, I wanted to go and uh, uh, co-wrote it with Cheyenne Gordon. But yeah, me, me and me and Cheyenne we have a great way of working together to where, you know, I'm, I'm the kind of director that's like, I wish somebody would just give me money for this idea and not need to see a script and we'll just go make something. Because for me, it's like, I've got the story in my head. I know each and every step I want to go, want the cast to go on that journey with me instead of knowing everything up front. Kind of like you want to give them the script a page at a time. Yeah. <laughs> like- it's a surprise for everyone. Yeah. Right. But Cheyenne is, he kind of reins me in a little bit because I'm like, I want to do this, 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 and this. And I'll plot the entire script out. And then basically we'll go back and forth, like chipping away at it. But then sometimes I rein him in because he's like, well, let's have like a car get demolished by Bigfoot smashing it. And I'm like, how are we going to do that? Yeah. Are we using your car, Cheyenne? <laughs> <laughs> right. So it's a, we have a pretty good back and forth. And that's important. Like if you're going to be in a, a filmmaking space, it's always important to have someone that does that for you. And you're yeah. right as a filmmaker, having to, having to cater to the audience sometimes because you know what, what's going to hit and what's not going to hit and knowing, am I at the, am I of the stature where I can put something out something a little more daring something a little more of an experiment that's the word i want but i can't think of it but you know it's like something that you know is not necessarily trendy or popular or you know right. it might get like a three percent on rotten tomatoes but you have to be like am i at a place where i can just make something because i want to make that thing and that's a i mean it's a risk because I mean, I I feel like I've built up a name for making horror movies and even some creature features, but I'm I'm definitely trying to veer the other way a little bit. And I, I'm hoping that Stranded is uh, my path t- 
to do so. Well, I know uh, the last time we talked was about uh, Don't Fuck in the Woods too, and you and I were kind of talking, and you were not burnt out, but you were kind of like mentally and soulfully kind of exhausted. And I know yeah. that year ago, at that point, you were kind of like, you were saying, I need, I need slash want to kind of step a different direction, at least for a little while. I want to say you were going to work on something with, I want to say Tori, but I don't remember if that was who it was. Something a little more lighthearted. <laughs> kind of nice. I mean, not that Stranded is lighthearted. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but it is a little, it, it is a bit of a departure from what we previously, you know, covered. I could tell, like talking to you, I could tell that your heart was kind of heavy about it. So, yeah, it's kind of nice. And it, it just, well, it gets to the point where it's like, especially when you're crowdfunding to make films, like you kind of have to lead with shock and awe and put so much of the information out there to where when people see the film, I don't think they really care as much. I think they're kind of like almost let down because what you were promoting sounded better than what it was. So it's, yeah, it's just, but it's, it's so much easier to also crowdfund for a straight horror film than a thriller. So. Oh, and it's not that it's not like, we don't want to say that like audiences are, are stupid, but they don't necessarily understand like what goes into storytelling it's like, yeah, I get it. You want to jump scare every five seconds. You want someone's head to, you know, fly off every three seconds. Right. I hate jump scares. They will ruin a movie for me. For instance, not jump scares so much, but we watched um, The Witch for Halloween. I was so freaking annoyed with the use of the screechy violins when nothing was yeah. happening. Nothing was happening. Like, no picture of the trees. And you're, you're going, Ee! and it's like, oh, why? I, but I think a lot of audiences of just mainstream horror films have been, like we said, conditioned to expect that kind of stuff. So when something more thoughtful comes out, they're like, what is this crap? It's like, it's not crap. You just don't know what it is. It's right. like when you taste, I don't know, Swiss chard and you're used to eating iceberg all your life. Kind of like there's different stuff out there. You Just because you don't know about it or don't haven't acquired a taste for it doesn't mean it's not phenomenal. And Swiss chard is phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. That, People that just need to realize that. It's, and it grows really well in gardens. But it's like, I don't know. It, again, it goes back to like having to try to please the audience. But I think you you married that. All right, guys. I know you want this. Here it is. But also, hey, I got to do what I wanted to do in this storytelling. Yeah. So I think that's pretty cool of people in it i didn't even we didn't even list off the people in it we've got uh dale miller Brittany blanton scott gillespie tamara glenn rob collins mike pluska peyton pluska and it's just it's really well done and it's really uh, well acted and the siblings like the scenes in the car i don't get technical but like even just the, like the lighting and the way it was shot was just really cool and really kind of and I'm sure this was probably intentional, but it's kind of old fashioned. It's very like 70 ish, 80 ish mm. kind of feel to me. It added like more foreboding and more like unease to me as a viewer. It was as far as filming in the car, especially while they were driving, we would have loved to done more shots. But honestly, 
we raised $24,000 for that film. Wow. And the bulk of it went into any time that it is dark out and they are either in the car, around the car, or in the woods, any time throughout the film. That was a set. We built that. Wow. So all the woods in it, those are those are fake. Those were either in a barn or in my apartment. The hey. whole the whole opening, once it turns night, that was actually shot in my apartment. Okay, this is insane. First of all, how big is your apartment? <laughs> well, we we had a like storage room that was about twenty by twenty. Okay. So we literally wrapped it in like black we had this black uh almost like a thicker trash bag material we wrapped it in black we got uh, a bunch of light stands and ordered these like two foot they were like uh they have a wire in them but they look like tree branches okay and we literally took some dead trees that were outside brought them in and then wire tied these other beams of fake tree to them. Uh, we got strands of like ivy and wrapped it around stuff. Uh, we even got dirt and ordered moss because there's, I don't want to give anything away, but there's somebody laying in the ground on the ground in the beginning. Yeah. All that was shot right in my apartment. So we could control the lighting. We could control the audio and we could control the fog. That's really, really cool. How did you, did you have to like warn your neighbors beforehand? <laughs> um, at that point, we lived uh, above a ice cream shop. We didn't have neighbors at that point. So we just, uh, we shot at night just so we didn't, fog didn't travel downstairs or anything. Uh, but yeah, that the even we rented a barn and did the same thing, except we took a, I don't know what they're called. I just call them slats. Uh, they're used for shipping. Oh, like uh, pallets. Pallets, pallets. Uh, we took pallets and laid them on the ground. And uh, Brittany Blanton, uh, the man that she was working for, he did like a tree removal for okay. Dave Chappelle <laughs> and brought us all these trees. Like they were only like, maybe an inch or two around, but brought us like a huge trailer full of trees. And we literally drilled those into the pallets and then covered the bottom of the pallets with leaves. So you couldn't see any of that. And then we uh, wrapped the barn in black plastic as well. That way we could control the fog. And yeah, we did everything like on a set. If it wasn't in... If it wasn't outside during the day or in an actual house or a location, yeah, that was, we made that set. That's, that's crazy. That's the behind the scenes that people don't, yeah. under, they, they, they don't realize that this, you know, goes on. Just to go off on a mini tangent, like, for instance, with people, the writers were striking and then uh, sag was striking and you've got these chuckleheads on the internet that are like, your job's not that hard anyways. You get paid too much for what for doing nothing. You suck. Y'all got a lot of uh, opinions, you people on the internet. You got a lot of opinions about something you don't 
understand rem- even remotely. Like you don't right. understand. You said 24,000 for this film. I think every, not everybody, but ev- almost every person like that isn't a part of the business, just watches movies, just watches TV shows. I think they think that there's these massive budgets for everything. Right. And they also somehow seem to think that it comes out of their pockets. No, you don't understand. So maybe be quiet on the internet, but you don't understand that. The filmmakers, like you were saying, you're doing all of this. Now, if you're, I don't know, Coppola or Spielberg, you probably have the money. But for most projects that, that you might see, like on Amazon Prime, or you might see Tubi or Hulu, or they're smaller budget productions, smaller teams. And these are the people that like that are striking for better pay and better, you know, treatment. So right. it's kind of just my mini tangent because people just want to go to the movies and then they want to complain on the internet later on when the people making the movies actually would like to have some fairness. <laughs> yeah. You made a set. First of all, living above an ice cream shop. That's, that's cool. <laughs> that I've had this dream for a long, long time. I don't know. Just watching movies where they lived above a noodle shop in Chinatown. It's been like, I want to do that. I want to, I want to have a business down below me. I think it'd be really cool. So it's a working ice cream shop, right? Yeah. I, it, honestly, it was more annoying than anything because they like to like blare music from like 7 a.m. to like 10 p.m. Right. And it was not a well insulated building. No. Uh, and do you have little ones? Yeah, I have, I have two kids. Yeah. So. That and every day, Daddy, can we get some ice cream? It's like, no. <laughs> right. No, they, they got to get ice cream when uh, I'd pay rent because I'd give them the money to go down and pay rent. Aww. And the landlord would just give them ice cream because, well, we gave them a bunch of money. That's so sweet, though. Gee, thanks for the vanilla scoop. But yeah. <laughs> well, I know that um, you have been through it medically recently, and I... I don't necessarily you don't need to talk about that but i did want to thank you for taking time to to talk to me about the film and everything and of course what do you have coming up next after this right now i have i have three projects we're almost done with one called project mothman which it's about mothman uh (laughs) then we have one called the devil you know which is i can't wait to make that one because people are going to flip out uh, it's like about cults, but it is very action packed. Um, and then eventually, uh, me and Tori Jones, I've got this story that I've written with Cheyenne Gordon called They Come at Night. And it's based, uh, on the Hopkinville Goblins. So it's a very, oh, it's, it's a cryptid movie, but it is going to be scary as hell. That's probably the one that, that you mentioned last time that I, I got really excited about because it's like, yes, let's have him. And the Mothman is one of the, for me personally, is one of the like creepiest. I don't, is it a cryptid or is it a urban legend or a legend? I mean, it's like, it's kind of both. But it's just, it's so like strange to me. Mm-hmm. More frightening than like a werewolf, I guess. Because a werewolf is just really only, you know, driven by its desire, same as vampires, although they have a little bit of the uh, control issue. But the Mothman, it's like, I'm here. I'm messing up, you know? Yeah. It's like, 
you're going to have horrible things happen just because I'm here. I think it's just, it's really strange to me. And it's, it's almost, like I said, it's more frightening than a, a, a standard creature. So I'm really excited to see that. And the cult, the devil, you know, very timely right now. I mean, we're not going to get into it, but very timely, especially in America, yeah. this cult, like the cult, like factions that are there, they're forming and fracturing our country. So I'm excited yeah. to see it. And people can follow you on social media. Uh, yeah, I believe it's at SM Burkett pretty much everywhere. Instagram, Twitter, um, what's that other one? TikTok. Switch over to threads yet from Twitter? No, I, I'm not. I wasn't on Twitter enough before to, to really, I'd get tagged in more things than anything. Probably from me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Is there a website that people can keep up with uh, films coming out? Uh, conceptmediallc.com Well, thank you for joining me. Before we go, I just want to ask, did you have a wonderful Halloween? Uh, it was it was pretty good. Uh, me and my youngest son decided to just pass out candy. Uh, we just moved uh, about two months ago, so we're in a new neighborhood, and I've never passed out candy before, so it was kind of lackluster because we only had 12 people show up. But well, we had zero. We had yeah. zero I said, I know there's at least three kids in this neighborhood, <laughs> but they didn't show up. So you know what? We just, we made a bunch of sugary treats and ate a bunch of sugary treats and watched, in my opinion, a not great horror film. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it is what it is, but we had fun. You had fun. So that's, what's great next yeah. year. You know, every kid in the neighborhood and they're going to be like, let's go to the Burkett's house. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you continue to heal and uh, keep in touch. Thank you for joining me. I appreciate it, Sean. No problem. Right. Have a great one. You too. This has been an Odd Imagination production. Here at Odd Imagination, you'll find book, film, television, and product reviews, as well as roundtable discussions, current events, and hot topics. We are advocates for equality and the freedom to be who you are, no matter what. Odd Imagination gets its name from autism and imagination, two things that are very important to us. If you would like more information on Odd Imagination and the podcasts that we host on our website, you can visit oddimagination.org, A-U-T-I-M-A-G-I-N-A-T-I-O-N.org. And pulling me She knows all about the drug I plagiarize all my apologies And they still want enough I know, I know I know that I should let her go But I don't, I don't I don't seem to be in control I ain't blind, I can see I'm killing her
Thank you.